Good afternoon to you all. It's nice to have the chance to speak to you once more. Years ago, somebody asked me. He said to me, I have heard you pray for happiness. He said, What did you pray for? Can you tell me what happiness is? Well, I suppose we all know what happiness is. So I was telling him, you know, feelings, emotions. He was much older than me at that time. Probably I have reached his age now. But what he said to me impressed me very much. He said happiness is not a destination. It's not a place where you want to get. He said happiness is a way you travel. It's the way you go through life. And the choice is either you grumble or you are thankful. If you travel with gratitude and thankfulness, you have actually entered happiness. At any rate, it is because of what I heard our sister say. The message that I have today is regarding a prayer that Jacob had in chapter 32, verses 9 to 11. Genesis. Genesis 1932, 9 to 11. It, it, it really actually starts, then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham. Uh, Jacob says, I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my stuff when I crossed this Jordan. But now I have become two Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau. For I am afraid he will come and attack me. And also the mothers with their children. You know, Jacob's character was far from faultless. But it was not wicked or disgraceful. Jacob possessed great natural strength of personality and character. And he had forceful judgment. And this 
strength in him somehow became a snare. It has become something to, to snare him in. So that he did not always move with the calmness of the God of Abraham. Nor did he have the childlike trust of Isaac. As a matter of fact, he had a lot of craftiness and dishonesty in him. Very much like the relatives on his mother's side. Yet I am very reluctant to belittle him. Or his character. Because he used his natural cleverness. As well as he prayed. Now we must always remember that our God is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he is very frequently called the God of Israel. And even sometimes the God of Jacob. Hebrews 11.16 tells us that God is not ashamed to be called their God. And as far as I am concerned, if he is not ashamed to be called the God of Jacob, I don't think any other believer has any right to be ashamed of Jacob. You see, with all his imperfections, he had certain nobility in him. He was full of energy, he was active. He was enduring, he was determined. And this is why his weaknesses became more eye-catching and more seen, prominent. And they would not be as much seen if he was a tranquil personality. Mm. He, was, he was active. Now we can say what we will about him. Yet he was a master of prayer, of the art of prayer. And I can tell you that he who can pray will definitely be a princely man. You see, the person who can endure and prevail with God with certainty will for sure prevail with men. And it seems to me when a man is taught how to pray by the Lord himself, 
That person becomes equal to any emergency. Anything that can come his way. And I can tell you for sure. It will go very badly. For any man who fights against a man of prayer. You cannot prevail against a man on his knees. You see, all other weapons can be subdued and neutralized. But the weapon of prayer, invisible and despised by the world, has in it power and dignity, which will secure the victory. The sword of prayer has such an edge that will cut through everything and anything. And Jacob was a prevailing prince when he was on his knees. Now, if we pay careful attention, we will find that although there were previous prayers, this prayer of Jacob is the first prayer of a man for himself. Jacob begins by declaring the covenant of a faithful God. It's a covenant that God has already fulfilled to his fathers. And he says, O oh God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac. Then he declares a special promise which has been, had been made to him. And he says to God, You said to me, You said to me, Go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. You said to me, I will be with you. But he immediately mentions his own unworthiness. And he says, I am unworthy of the least of your mercies, God. And in that state, he presents the special danger he feels. And then he prays, deliver me, I pray you, from the hand of my brother. From the hand of Esau. Mentions the little and their danger. And then he concludes with, with, with what must always be powerful statement with God. You said. You see, Jacob did, does not have the Bible written and the promises written. 
Moses did not write even Genesis until 400 years later than this. But he says to God, you said. And he virtually is, is, is begging God to fulfill the promise he made. He says, God, do as you have said. And it is wise for us to appeal to God's faithfulness. And to say to him, as in Psalm 11949, Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. You see, the very first sentence of Jacob's prayer is full of humility. And although it is very urgent, it is not arrogant and it is not assuming. It is lowly and it is sincere. You see, no man can win blessings from God through a sinful act towards God. No man can win a blessing through a sinful act towards God. You see, with all this prayer, and all its concentration in Jacob's mind, there always exists a remembrance by Jacob of who he is and who Jehovah is. He doesn't mix himself with Jehovah. He understands who he is and who Jehovah is. And mentally, he begins to undress, to take out the robes of self-righteousness. Which in the very previous chapter, he was wearing them in his argument with Laban, his father-in-law. Laban had literally enslaved him. And then chased after him to hurt him with anger. Because he quitted his service. To Laban, when you read chapter 31, he does not say, I am not worthy of what I possess. He does not say that. But he uses many truthful sentences of self-vindication and justification. But before God, he says, I am unworthy. And this is perfectly consistent and truthful. Please, I want you to understand something. Humility is not telling falsehood against yourself. 
Humility is actually forming a right estimate of yourself. You see, towards Laban, it was correct for a man who had worked so hard for so little. To claim that he had a right to what God had given him. But before the grace of God, it was perfectly honest and sincere for Jacob to say, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies. My dear brothers and sisters, let me say this to you. No man can pray with a good opinion of himself. Because all he will be able to say in the end is like the Pharisee in Luke 18, He said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. And that is not a prayer at all, is it? A high view of excellence. A high view of our excellence. Will tempt us to look down with contempt on our neighbors. And that is death to prayer. You see, unseen but it is death to prayer. You see, like Abraham, we must remember and acknowledge that we are nothing but dust and ashes in the end. It is no use for us to stand before God and claim that we are deserving of anything. If we were deserving, we would not need to pray. You see, it has been said long ago that a man who declares his own merit does not pray. But is demanding what is due to him. You see, if I ask a man to pay my debt, I am not requesting, I am claiming my rights. The prayer of a man who thinks he is owed is like serving the Lord with a court order. It is demanding. Merit, in effect, says this. Uh, Pay me what you owe me. You see, little, very little, will such a man get from God. For if the Lord only pays to us what he owes us, believe me, all that we will be due is hell. 
And I can tell you that we cannot pray until we come to the realization that we are undeserving. <laughs> if we have any righteousness of our own, <coughs> we shall never have Christ's righteousness. Not only that, if we feel righteous in our own eyes, we will begin to twist the mercies of God to magnify ourselves. That is why we should approach God with the attitude of humility. I am sure that most of you have experienced how in time of travel, no matter how many people are around you, you feel terribly alone. Now here was Jacob standing alone at the Jordan with his staff in his hand. A poor, solitary man. And he remembers when this happened before. When he first crossed the river, a banished fleeing man. Because of lying to his father and unnecessarily cheating his brother. But now he is standing alone, but he is looking at his wives and his children. At his servants, at his flocks, at his herds. And he realizes that nevertheless of what he has done, God has kept his promises and unreservedly, undeservedly, he has blessed him. And he is humbled. And he cries out. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies. And of all the truth which you have made to pass before your servant. I am not worthy. You remember Job. Who had defended himself forcefully and possibly with bitterness towards God. No sooner had he heard God speaking to him in the whirlwind than he cries. He says, I have heard of you. But now that my eye sees you, I abhor myself. I repent in dust and ashes. He couldn't stand himself anymore. Humility is the strength in prayer. Now, as Jacob stands there surveying the scene, he realizes that although he has all these 
people around him and his herds and he's looking at them. No matter how much he has now, he finds himself just as alone as when he first went alone. He had nothing the first time and he felt alone. And now he has everything that the world can give and he feels alone. He sees God's loving care in the blessings and the bounty bestowed on him. But also he realizes something very serious. He realizes that God could not erase the wrong he had done without him admitting and confessing and requesting forgiveness not from God but from the person he has wronged. He now understands that although the outward trappings surrounding him show worldly success, the wound he inflicted on his spirit has remained and has festered and is now generating the emotional juices of fear, insecurity, lack of authority over his surrounding, but of all this, no matter how much wealth he is having now, he feels helpless and he feels as if he is falling in a dark void utter darkness now all this turmoil within him is helping him wrestle with himself and he is wrestling with himself before God and this is really what we should always do in prayer. We should not wrestle with God, we should wrestle with ourselves before God. And he is saying now to God in his prayer, Lord, you have done all that I see for me. It is plain to me that your hand has been in all your servants' happiness. And in his agony now, he says, Lord, let your hand still be with me. So you see, as you can see, that which tend us, tends to keep, to keep us humble assists us in our prayer. 
օգնում եմ այս մեր աղօթքի ժամանակ you know i do not know about you ձեր մասին ես տեղյակ չեմ but as far as i am concerned there is nothing more that humbles me than the mercies of god and the kindness of men այն ինչ որ ամենից շատ համեստություն է տալիս ինձ երբ որ անդրադառնում եմ աստու ողորմության եւ օշնության վրա իմ կյանքում when we remember the loving kindness of the lord to us երբ որ հիշում ենք աստու սերը եւ բարությունը հանդեպ մեզ we cannot do anything but feel our littleness չենք կարող անտարբեր լինենք եւ այդ ժամանակ մենք անդրադառնում ենք մեր չնչին լինելը before the greatness of his love իր հզոր սիրոդեմ and we begin to feel a sense of smallness եւ սկսում ենք անդրադառնալ որ ինչքան չնչին ենք մենք you know in jeremiah 33:9 jeremiah-ի 33:9-ի մեջ ասում է the lord says and they will be in awe and will tremble նրանք կզարհուրեն եւ կսարսափեն աստու դիմաց at the abundant prosperity and peace i provide իր անսահման առատության եւ խաղաղության դեմ որ տալիս է you see these words are true այս բարերը ճշմարտություն են take the case of peter you remember petrosi հարցնակ քննենք peter went fishing գնում են ածկնոր սուրճան and if he had caught a few fish and pulled them into his boat Եվ եթե մի քանի ցուկ որսասիներ եւ բերեր իր նավակի մեջ his boat would have floated high on the lake նավակը ջուրի վրա կմնար but the lord comes into his boat քրիստոսը մտնում է իր նավի մեջ and he pulls a lot of fish շատ ցուկ է որսում the presence of the lord brings all this fish in քրիստոսի ներկայացումն որ ներկայացումն կար այդ բոլոր ցուկերը բերում են and as he pulls the blessings of the lord in his boat his boat is beginning to sink եւ երբ որ աստուծ ված օրսնությունները ցուկեր բերում է իր նավակի մեջ նավակը սկսում է որ խորտակվել and down and down peter sees it going եւ տեսում է ավելի եւ ավելի է խրվում նավը and he felt that he was going down with it although it was full of god's blessing եւ կարծում է որ ինքն էլ պետք է խրվի տակը խորտակվի չնայած որ աստուծ օրսնություններով լիքներ and in desperation he falls at jesus feet եւ անճարությունից ընկնում է քրիստոսի ոտքերի արջև and he cries out եւ աղաղակում է ասելով he says to jesus depart from me go away from me հերացիր ինձնից քրիստոսին ասում է i am a sinful man ես մեղավոր միանձնավոր եմ you see he was confused միտքը խառնված էր նրա he became overwhelmed and humbled by god's mercies Երբ որ աստու ողորմությունը տեսնում է իսկապես նա հեզանում է Otherwise he would never have asked the Lord to leave him Եթե չզգար դա նա երբեք չեր խնդրել Քրիստոսից որ Քրիստոս իրենց հեռանալ Christ Christ's goodness had beaten his pride till he was afraid of his benefactor Քրիստոսի ներկայությունը նրա հպարտությունը ոչնչացել էր այն աստիճանի որ նա իր բարերարից փախնում էր Especially when he had already told Jesus մասնավորաբար որ նա քրիստոսին ասել էր Don't teach me how to fish I am a fisherman I know how to fish Մի սովորացրինձ ինչպես ծկնորսություն անեմ ես ծկնոր թեմ And now he realizes this is not the same Հիմա անդրադառնում է որ սա ուրիշ է So you see have you ever experienced how it is to be burdened with infinite goodness Երբեք զգացել եք որ ինչպես եք զգում եթե որ անդրադառնում եք նրա անսահման բարության վրա have you ever felt oppressed 
with mercy, overwhelmed with mercy, and literally, you know, swept away with an avalanche of love. I know how it feels because I had experienced that. And I know of no other experience that has made me feel so small in my eyes. Imagine, imagine if his goodness does this within us. What, how would we feel when we really truly understand his redeeming love? And when each one of us will begin to consider that I, a sinful soul, can be glorified, that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for me and gives me his own assurance that he will come again to receive me to himself. When I understand that I am a joint heir with Christ and a favored child of God, you see, all this make us lose ourselves in loving gratitude. You see, this loving gratitude is the paved way of happiness. That's what, where we should be walking. And you see, our pride then is drowned in this sea of mercy. Because only then, only then will we be able to reply as the Phoenician woman replied. She asked him for help. And he said to her, it is not right to give the children breast, breast, bread and toss it to their dogs to take it from the children and toss it to their dogs. In other words, he is calling her like, similar to a dog. She thought about this and said, yes, it is true, Lord. But even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And it will be this way for us that when we will ask the Lord to give us crumbs of mercy and I assure you there will be enough you see God's crumbs are larger than man's loaves and if he gives us what to him may be a crumb, for sure it will be more than a meal for us. You see, I, the man whom Christ highly praised, the man whom Christ has highly praised, 
as far as I can remember, was the one who used this very language. The centurion came to Christ and said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. And the Lord said, I have not found so great a faith not even amongst God's people. My dear friends, rest assured, if you want Christ's praise, you must be lowly in your esteem, in your own esteem, because he never praises the proud. But he honors the humble. And it was out of this feeling of humility and worthlessness that Jacob stood his ground and wrestled with God, saying, I will not leave you till you bless me. In other words, I will not leave you till you forgive me the wrong I did to my brother Esau. And deliver me. And the Lord says to him, the angel wrestling with him, he says to him, what is your name? Now surely, the angel of the Lord or God himself knows whom he is wrestling with. What is your name? How can I bless you? What is your name? And he turns around and he says, Lord, I am Jacob. You remember that question? His father asked him, Who are you? He said, I am Esau. Yes, Isonem. And he took the blessing by cheating and he ran away. And after all these years, at least we know of 20 years later, Jacob is alone and wrestling with God. And he says to him, What is your name? You have forgotten who you are. And he says, I am Jacob. And he says to him, no longer. He called him Israel, which means princeling. We must always understand when we stand before the Lord, we cannot stand claiming. We are always afraid in our time of trouble that God will deal with us according to our unworthiness. But he will not. You see, we say uh, to ourselves, at last the scenes of my youth have come home to me. Now God is going to deal with me according 
Աստված բարվելու է իմ հետ համեմատ այս խալներին, որ ես երտասատության ժամանակ արել եմ։ But you see, Jacob is not denying that he has done wrong. Ջեքոբ չի ուրանում, որ ինքը սխալ է գործել։ He says to God, Lord, I was not worthy even then. Ասում է խոստովանում, ասում ասում է, այն ժամանակ էլ ես արժանի չեի։ I was not worthy of the least thing that you have done for me. Արժանի չեի մինչև անգամ ամենա փոքր ողորմությանը որ դու ինձ ցույց եք տալիս։ Բայց դու բոլոր արել ես։ Not because I deserve them. Ոչ թե որ ես արժանի էի, but because out of pure grace. Բայց քո շնորհքն էր տա։ Lord, I stand here before you where I must always stand. Տեր կանգնում եմ այստեղ քո արջև, այնպեսի դիրքով որ ես միշտ պետք է ընդունեմ։ A debtor to your sovereign. Պարտական ասվածության and i beg you to give me more of your mercies mercy for the past mercy for the present and mercy for the future mercy to deal with sorrows mercy to purify joys զտեմ ուրախությունները mercy for our sinful things and for our holy things ողորմություն մեր մեղկերի համար եւ ողորմություն մեր լավ բաների համար my dear friends mercy and truth throughout the bible are continually joined together ճշմարտություն եւ ողորմություն ձեր ցերքի տված են քայլում սուրբ կրկի մեջ 25